I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Molly. It's been a while. It has. I know after our 100th episode, we let ourselves breathe. Yes. But we very appropriately, uh, relevant to our discussion today, celebrated our 100th episode mm-hmm. at one of our little roller skating, uh, I don't even know what to call Meetups? it. Meetups. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what I want to focus on today. And part of it is because it's just a pretty cool like grassroots community that has come together yeah. and are super reliably consistent with how much they're meeting up to do it a healthy activity absolutely it's awesome um and it's funny too because like even like last week or the week before my boyfriend was like don't you know all the people who go and I was like no like I did at one point it was like friends or friends of friends but now it's grown to the point where there's like there's a I'm not you know I'm not on Facebook but like there's the Facebook group and people are just like newer to the area and are joining there was a girl two weeks ago she's like hey I'm you know, so-and-so, I'm new here. And I was like, hello. Yeah. Like, And I had no idea who she was. Like, no connections to her whatsoever. So that was really cool. Right, because she had reached out to the derby people in the city. Uh, and I think there is a roller derby culture yeah. that exists here in Worcester. And they directed her to us. So That's so crazy. Actually, I, I think it. it was a different girl from that. There was like a new, oh, new nice. person. Isn't that crazy? Yes, I love it. And I love the word of mouth. But... Mm-hmm. The more I started to learn about roller skating as a pandemic fad, the more problematic it sort of became. So that's what we're focused on today. And I don't know if I would even call it like problematic, right? I just think it's something that exists. There's a whole world of it that exists below the like superficial level of like what we see as far as like influencers on something like TikTok. So, okay. Can I reframe what I just said? When I say problematic, I mean that because of the pandemic – you have a number of roller rinks, historically black-owned yes. rinks, that have gone out of business at the same time that roller skating is becoming super visible on social media mm-hmm. in sort of a performative way. Right, and, and white women in particular are, like, able to monetize or able to gain followers and so on kind of on the back of – on the back of, um, right, this world that has existed. I just finished this documentary called United Skates Yes, on HBO that I can't recommend enough, but it's pre-pandemic and touches on a lot of the same issues. A lot of these rinks were already struggling. Right, which is interesting because it came out in 2019, right? Yeah. 2019? I just, 2019. I feel like I haven't put the full thousand in front of a year in a long time. So, Okay. We also have a grant from Worcester Arts Council, which encourages us to go to public parks and interview women and give people an opportunity to tell their stories. So I thought, how perfect, because we typically meet on Wednesdays at the Common yeah, in Worcester. a public park. It sure is. So the first question I asked people last Wednesday was, tell me about the first time you ever came to a roller skating meetup on a Wednesday night. Ooh, I think it was like probably two or three weeks after I started like putting my skates on like my quarantine skates that everybody got um and I was very like you know baby duckling couldn't couldn't do anything on them was falling all over the place I still am but everybody's so reassuring and willing to help and give tips that you don't feel afraid to make mistakes we skated all last summer and then all winter and I turned out I was okay so I bought the skylight skates. Mm-hmm. Um, I put some little butterflies on them. They look beautiful. Thank you. And um, I just, even when I'm like crampy and I don't want to like leave my house, I just skate every week. 
Um, and as soon as I'm on the skates, I'm like, oh damn, there's beauty in the world. Okay, fine, I can like live to fight another day. Met here and skated and it was fantastic. Like the rush of adrenaline and the community, the friends, having some sense of freedom during a pandemic. Um, work in healthcare, so it's really nice to just let loose after work and be able to skate and be free. So I want you yeah. to tell me, what was your first time like? That's a good question. I think that the first time I went to like... It was when I think it was when it was we were just starting and it really was just like a few of our friends who had roller skates. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, it wasn't anything like there wasn't there weren't the groups. It hadn't branched out as much. Um, I think it was like Ellen mm -hmm. and Ellen. Awesome. So I'm Ellen. I'm Ellen also. I'm <laughs> Nadme. Um, and it's kind of a crazy coincidence where I just went to the REC to pick up my farm share for the week. And Ellen was uh, putting the deliveries in our car, and I had my skates in the backseat of my car. And she said, oh my gosh, you skate? We should skate together. I'm Ellen. And then I responded with, oh my god, I'm Ellen. Yeah. And then you handed me your business card. I handed her my business card with my cell phone number on it and said, I've been skating with Veronica out on the common, but we don't have like a set time and date. So if you want to pick that, we should, and we should just grow it. Yeah. So we picked a random Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And um, we showed up for the first couple of weeks. The weather was perfect, and we ran into. Well, I ran into Ellen. I was skating at Green Hill Park. Yeah. And um, she was just like starting out. I was like, I don't really see too many people on roller skates. So I'm like, oh my god, you should come skate with me. And she and was I... tearing it up at the park, also. I wasn't. But um, I skate with like the skateboarders at the common so I'm like it's perfect like smooth ground so you should come down like All any any welcome. way yeah any wheel any age and any skill level because we're down to teach everybody what we know because I think all of us know very different styles yeah so it works out as a team where every week we actually like recruit a couple more people and it, it started from two or three of us and now there's like I think upwards of 30 people sometimes and there's bikes and skateboards and roller skates and it's all here and that's kind of my favorite part of roller skating to piggyback back off what you said like seeing everybody else skating you learn from each other you pick up on other people's styles and it's just really fun i've been skating since i was six in roller skating rinks with my parents it was like the one family thing we did every week no matter what no matter what the season was it was air conditioned in the summer and warm enough in the winter to do um, so i've been skating since i was little I am what they say is a pandemic roller. <laughs> no way! And I started in June. You're kidding me! I started in June. Because yeah. you can do all these like crazy tricks and stuff. But I've been like putting them on daily since June. <laughs> I think we've been super, super consistent with the exception of Christmas week. Yeah. We have skated every yeah. single week since June. At yeah. least four of us, if not more. I think it's only been four once. Yeah. And it was like the middle of a blizzard and I refused to skip. Yeah. <laughs> it blew up and we'll talk a little bit about that right like during in the pandemic because it was something you could do outside without having to like worry about contact it hasn't changed much in the sense of like how it is to be there like we all just showed up basically put on skates and then like started skating the first night you said all <laughs> wheels welcome so I came yeah. on my longboard 
and everyone was so chill. And then when I got skates, I had no idea how to skate. And everyone was like, oh, let me give you a pointer. Yeah. Let me make you feel comfortable. Penelope in particular, I think just exudes confidence. And she always says to me, like, as long as you feel confident, you're going to skate well. Exactly. Um, she's She's really special, I think, just as a person to, like, be in your life. Like, she's such a cheerleader. But Penelope, I keep flinching. <laughs> Baby, it's like Kelly Square. Once you flinch, you lose. <laughs> it. it is true. I like to make eye contact, or I did in Kelly Square, and then you just go mm -hmm. for it, you know? Yeah, you just gotta commit, you gotta lean in, and you gotta drive. And if you think too hard, everyone passes you uh -huh. by. You flinch, you lose. Just keep skating, just keep going, just keep driving. <laughs> in all aspects, too. It's not even just about skating. Like, you can be talking to her. Like, when we get there, we'll put our skates out. We'll talk about, like, our, you know, our days at work. And just, like, she's just a light. <laughs> yeah, and she's the driving creative force behind mm -hmm. our local Trader Joe's. And so she always brings snacks. Yay. And she has great stories. And it's just kind of spiraled from there, right? Yep. Where all of these new people yep. that I've been connected to, I'm so grateful for. But the more I looked back at the history of skating, I found that in Victorian times, men and women were, it was one of the things you were allowed to do together, even though you weren't married. And so it has this root that reminds me a lot of COVID times where, yes. you know, it was one of the only socially acceptable so activities funny. that men and women could do together. That makes me think of like those, like those like dance scenes in like Pride and Prejudice where mm -hmm. they do those little dances with their hands back and forth. Like I'm imagining like roller skating, like mm -hmm. in fancy garb, like, right. Yeah. I love it. And I also have these memories of skate culture from when I was in college in New York City. We would bring recruits. I was an athlete, so we were trying to get incoming freshmen yeah. to sign on New with York Fordham. Awesome. And we do all the touristy stuff. And I would always, always make a stop at the roller rink in Central Park. Back when I fancied myself a poet, it was the first poem. I liked your poem, Sarah. <laughs> I, I think you should read it. Um, oh, oh, I'll here. do a dramatic reading. Good. Because I, she include, you know, we have a little doc and Sarah included at the bottom. And I was like, I like this poem. Oh my God. It's a sonnet. Absolutely it is. Because you love limitations. I love rules. <laughs> All right. It says, <clears throat> Saturdays, Sundays, and holidays, they sprawl on park sidewalks, lacing up, tugging polished weapons onto tired feet, unzipping their New York skaters jackets to reveal neon blue spandex outfits. Listening to disco, blasted on vinyl, the roller skate gang swarms the street. A mustached investment banker skates past, wearing green velour pants and a smile, linking arms like soft Central Park pretzels with the fast food girl who sells him burgers on Wall Street every afternoon, except Saturdays, Sundays, and holidays, because uptown, she's the roller skate queen. <laughs> I love it. It's so evocative. I can really see. I'm like imagining like a scene like straight out of like it's like characters from like Welcome Back, Cotter. I have a question. Actually, this leads us kind of like I thought the imagery was really strong and I'm imagining like a black guy with an afro. Like is that – was it a primarily – Yes, but it like was really – Inclusive, and that was cool. part of the reason I liked it because you know, you would see certain individuals who you'd be like, I wonder what that guy's day yeah. job is, and then like here he is in bell bottoms and a crazy tie dye shirt, just skating his butt off on a Sunday afternoon. But like, all these people had their own lives, and this was the one thing they had in common. It's very, very cool, but that kind of leads us to like something we wanted to t discuss, right? Which mm -hmm. is that roller skating 
in U.S. culture really takes its roots like in black communities mm-hmm. um, as a way to find joy, as a way to protest, like all different stuff, right? And I had seen uh, roller skating emerge all over TikTok in yeah. the last few months. And I really, I didn't think much about appropriation. And it's something that I still struggle with because my immediate reaction was like, oh, well, if it has roots in black culture, am I not allowed as a white woman to roller skate? And that's not true. No, of course not, right? It's that I shouldn't be benefiting for my personal gain without acknowledging the roots of roller skating. Sure, absolutely, right? Like one of the, I read a great article, it was by a black Canadian roller skater, and it kind of just covered like some of the history. There was a little section that this person did, like they did the emotional labor basically of being like, here are some things that you can actually do like as an ally, right? And a big part of it is just like contributing monetarily to Black-owned rinks, Black-owned skate shops, or, like, even, like, online shops to buy skates from. But then another way is simply to just, like, know the background and to make sure other people do, too, and also to make space. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, like, I don't think that, for instance, our group is intentionally trying not to, but we just are a bunch of white people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, primarily. Primarily. Um, And so it's interesting because then you're like, well, how do you open that up? And so on Wednesday night, that came up in conversation while I was walking around. So I'll let Ellen kind of say it in her own words. Skating at the Common definitely comes with issues. Um, I've experienced uh, many times being there with skateboarders and other skaters. And then the cop just rolls up on their motorcycle to kick us out. And even I feel like sometimes I've had to recognize as a white woman, there's times that I'm there alone and a cop will come up to me and be really nice and like oddly play like the cool cop and try to frame it that, oh, someone else above me is trying to like kick you guys out. I know it's dumb that you can't be here, but I have to do it. I'll be back to kick you out soon. So. But there's like a sense of conversation about it. Yeah, and it's less of a like cutthroat euro. The essence was that she has seen a lot of skaters of color getting kicked off the common and discouraged from skating on the Worcester common, whereas our group of white women don't mm-hmm. get kicked off. And um, she mentioned to me, there is signage. And it, it occurred to me how often I don't bother to read signs. The other day I was walking my dog at my old elementary school this teacher rolls down the window of her car and lets me have it. She goes, can't you read? And I look and I'm like, oh my God, I think that woman taught me to read like 20 years ago. Oh, you know what I mean? What? 30 years ago. That's so crazy. But I hadn't bothered to read the sign because I'm so used to being comfortable everywhere, right? right? You know? And yep. so I think I did the same thing downtown. I was on my skateboard on the common. Nobody stopped me, right? And I don't strike a police officer as a particularly threatening presence and that's not fair right because even if you were skating there it's and i mean we've i've watched cops walk by us Mm -hmm. skating but right like how do you i guess sort of like align ourselves with those people like you know the other skaters who are being asked to leave like how can we better be like well you know we've been here Mm -hmm. every week and this doesn't happen, but, like, it seems like there's an issue, you know, this way. I just want to say for one second yes, um, that the person who wrote that article I read, I feel awful. I misgendered them. They are non-binary. 
But the name was Al. That's why I assumed. So gotcha. sorry, Al Donato. But it was a great article. Highly recommend. One woman, I believe her name is Zaytoon. Yes. She started to talk to me about a rink in Dorchester. Dorchester. Yeah. It's called Shevu, and they have a GoFundMe right now. They're currently closed because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to, I don't know if you guys know about Shevu's, but I actually wanted to like talk a little about them. Shevu's is a Black-owned skating rink in Dorchester, and through the pandemic, they have a um, GoFundMe. They've been trying to keep their doors open because they're a huge um, like community spot where a lot of young kids from... Um, Dorchester go to skate. Uh, so I went one night with my friends and I saw all these little kids who are super good at skating, like 10 years old. They've been doing it since a young age, so that's what inspired me to get skates and practice more. I just want to say also that the name Shevu means your house, which I think is wonderful. What a <laughs> great house. name, like what a welcoming place, right? And that's right. So I had a chance to speak with the manager of Shevu today, mm-hmm. Derek, and he talked a lot about growing up in the roller skating rink and how, you know, his family has created an extended family of skaters and he really doesn't want to lose that. Yeah. So uh, the rink itself, uh, Shevu, has been around since 1933. So it's been around a very, very, very long time. Uh, but my parents, had purchased the property uh, in the late 90s, but had uh, involvement in, in the rink you know, well before that. My father you know, grew up there doing um, you know, different tasks within the rink, you know, eventually graduating to managerial status, and then, of course, moving on to owning the property once the previous owner had uh, decided to retire and move on from the roller skating business. So um, from there, it was pretty much... A very, you know, it, it was a very important community staple, you know, for many, many decades, for many, many generations. We host a lot of different people, different families who have memories, and um, our legacy has been built from there. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's a place, it's a place people consider home, a place people can uh, to to come there, and it's a place of community. It's more than just the rink itself. People, uh, people are allowed to come in and, you know, be free, be themselves, and express themselves. And it's more, it's more of a, a, a family gathering outside of your home for most people, because a lot of people have grown up through the many generations. You know, if, if you know, for example, I grew up uh, ever since I was born there. You know, since I could, since I could walk, I, I could skate. And I grew up with a lot of children, you know, kids my age. Uh, we grew up together, and our parents grew up together, and our parents' parents grew up together, all in Chevu. And that legacy was sort of uh, pushed down through these many generations. So uh, it's it's still to this day looked at it highly, which is pretty, which is probably why you heard so many great things, because uh, there's always someone that has passed through to get to see what our culture was there and what we created throughout the years as a roller skating rink and also a community um, safe haven. As we think about avoiding the co-opting of something like skating, how can we support rinks like Shebu? And that's um, a great point of like when people talk about gentrification, sometimes it is just like, you know, white families or white people moving into an area where properties are cheap. But then another big part of it is like, 
the actual like material loss of community Mm -hmm. in those neighborhoods. And so like Shevu closing would be a part of gentrification, you have to imagine, right? Because I'm sure Dorchester and Roxbury, a lot of those neighborhoods are gentrifying just because it's cheaper to live there, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to imagine that that would be a major loss to the community there to have that like safe space, um, probably I'm guessing too for like teens and kids, families, like. Mm -hmm. And for the same reason, gentrification will impact a number of different organizations and businesses. So why is roller skating so pivotal I think part of it is the rich history in civil rights where rinks had been segregated during the civil rights movement. And that was one of the first places where there were, there was a concerted effort to host peaceful protests. And as a result, rinks would continue to segregate skate nights by hosting things called soul nights and adult nights that were targeted at black and brown people. And that was extraordinarily divisive. Mm -hmm. And um, it's similar to what we see now too. Like if you ever, Um, I remember like when I was in Boston, you know, in college in Boston, it was, there was always those certain places that would have the dress codes that were like specifically like no loose clothing, no sneakers and so on. And that was what was going on at those places too, because they would say like no small wheels and no loose Mm -hmm. clothes. And the point of that was to keep away black skaters. So it's, it's a parallel that I hadn't even thought about, right? Like, yeah. And so I think as a white woman, you can't profit off something that's historically black. Right. Or at but least enjoying roller skating and promoting roller skating, that's something that yes. at least Derek at Chevu was like, we very much want you to be a yeah, part of, of that. Course. You know, the pandemic has definitely raised more eyebrows, uh, eyebrows about roller skating due to the narrative and the way that the media is pushing it now more than ever. Um, it's It's something where it's great that I feel I, I feel like it's a good thing that roller skating is getting some shine. But as you can see, just how Skylight, you know, Skylight no longer exists. But what if these narratives and the support and the media coverage was relevant and was as heavy when the rinks were trying to thrive and trying to find an answer to the many, many, you know, unresolved problems that we face? That we can't, you know, to a point where, you know, so many couldn't survive even months of a shutdown of a pandemic. You know, there's a there's a there's a huge story to be told when those people who are on TikTok and on, you know, on these social media platforms who are getting the followers, who are getting the sponsorships, who are getting the money poured into them to pretty much mimic what we do for a living. It's 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 rather insulting, but in a way, it's very telling how far we need to go to make sure that this culture is properly represented and appreciated and it's not something that you know continues to be just a marketable fad a marketable you know fly by night here we are get your roller skates and you know this is something to do for now when there's a lot of places such as shavu such as skylight such as a lot of different rings that is that are still trying it's hardest to survive uh there was another ring by the name of Roll On America in Lancaster, Massachusetts, that just closed April 5th um, forever for the same reasons. You know, uh, my only hope is that, you know, this newfound love for roller skating, everybody is, you know, is uh, is projecting, goes into the roller skating rings and people start to support it in a way where, you know, know, survival is much more likely for these places because because of, you know a lot of that culture like you said is from the black community like places like Shavu 
And we don't get, you know, as, as long as we've been, uh, been open and as long as we've been in the community and our legacy stands on its own for so many, it still feels like a struggle. It still feels like we have to fight 10 times, 15 times harder just to get the recognition, just to get that kind of, you know, love from, it could be the government, it could be the city officials, it could be anybody. So where it's, it's always a grind to keep our doors open. It's always, you know, and, and not to say that it needs to be easy, but if roller skating is so important, roller skating is so marketable, and roller skating can be benefited in such a way where now the media is saying, hey, look at this new fad and this, this resurgence of roller skating, they could also do their research and recognize that we've always been here. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't take a pandemic and it shouldn't take shutdowns and it shouldn't take rent closing for people to want to be welcomed to, into our world of roller skating that I feel is one of the best worlds to be a part of, regardless of what's going on in the country. Uh, we've Roller skating rings do amazing work in the communities. They do amazing work within the school systems. They provide affordable, fun, healthy fun for the families and the people the people live around in their surrounding communities. And I think that we deserve a lot more credit and not just to be taken as this as this cute thing to do for people who really don't get the the gravity of what it takes to be in our position. You can enjoy, like, I love Cardi B. I'm not going to start talking like Cardi B, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I love her, or, um, you know, like Megan Thee Stallion, right? Like, I love Meg. I'm not going to just, like, turn into Meg. I don't need to do that to, like, you know. And I think that's part of the problem and I think we've talked about this before, too, that people have with, for instance, like the Kardashians and the Jenners, right? A mm-hmm. lot of what they do is like taking the imagery that is generally like aligned with black women and making it their own and then making a millions of dollars off of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing. We're like, just don't do that. <laughs> right. Oh, God. And just when you <laughs> use the word imagery, it reminded me. I had rewatched the Beyonce video for Blow. If you have so never good. seen it. Oh, my God. It's just... I think the pure joy that Beyonce exudes in the video while she's at this roller rink Mm -hmm. was something that I could understand because it's what we're feeling on Wednesday night. But it's also really important to make space for that as white women come into this trend in force, right? And if you've been on social media and seen all these roller skaters – I think it's just really important to acknowledge the roots. Yes. And I don't know if Ellen brought this up, but, like, something that's been going on now is that a lot of these, like, you know, like, thin white um, roller skaters, especially, like, in beachy areas, they have the whole vibe, right, are now, like, offering lessons mm-hmm. to teach people stuff that, like, was taught to them specifically by, like, um, black skaters. And then profiting off of that, and a lot of the skaters who taught them those things are pointing out like you haven't even mastered that right so it's like that is that's another level where it's just like they're not even offering like super high quality stuff but still making that money because Mm -hmm. people look and say oh you look cool on tiktok or whatever right right um the subtitle of that article that i read actually just reminded me says roller skating is black joy on eight wheels now and always Mm -hmm. and that really is like so important i think to what makes it (laughs) so one of the things I told Derek was like we don't have a huge platform but 
I think that we have a lot of supporters and listeners and followers who maybe don't know a lot about the roots right. of roller skating. And who would be interested in it, right? Yeah. And so I would really like to encourage people to donate, whether it's $5 or $10 yes. or $100 to Shebu. Every little bit counts. So right now we have a GoFundMe campaign uh, running that you can find at the link in the Shebu Instagram bio. Uh, we are using that to at least, you know, keep the lights on, keep things going until we can come up with the renovation funds that we need to reopen safely for the public to come back roller skating. Because, you know, being closed for a year is not as easy, you know, as people think. There's so many things that need to be addressed, so many maintenance things that, you know, if we were open for that year, we would have been able to attack a little easier. So we have... GoFundMe going right now. That would be very helpful if people could donate to us. Um, of course, there's the food on the weekend. And just pretty much keep continue to spread the, word, spread the word for donations so that we can, you know, at least get the funds together to get everybody inside so that from there we can continue to grow. Hopefully, people will come back in large numbers to keep us keep us strong, you know, for, for, for the many years to come. Hopefully, once we're allowed to open, hopefully this pandemic doesn't take a life of its own again to where it's closing people down. And they've been hosting soul food nights as well, where for the afternoon and evening, they'll open up their kitchen. And that was something that they had started to do long ago on adult nights to draw in a bigger crowd. And now that's been able to keep them afloat for the time being, yeah. but it's not enough. Um, yes, they are at Shavu Skating on Instagram. Um, another thing I wanted to tie into this is like, I am very, very into... Roller derby, not as a something I actually do, but I think it's just like the coolest ever. <laughs> um, I love the movie Whip It. I don't know if you've seen that. Is I, that Drew Barrymore? Drew Barrymore directed it. It stars Elliot Page. I saw that movie, I think, like on TV one time, and then I bought it and watched it like three times. Like immediately, I just like was enamored with it, and it's just fun. But I was thinking about that movie, um, and even within that film, I was trying to rem remember if there were any black team members or skaters mm -hmm. in that movie. Um, and so then I kind of dug into it a little more and I, and I found out that there's all of this um, stuff kind of going on within the roller derby world as far as like um, systemic racism, essentially, just like in many other places. But I read a great piece by, um, by a derbier and her name is Queen Luzia Tifa. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love about derby is the clever names. Um, so play on Queen Latifah, but she, um, she, and even at the beginning, she's like, I don't want to have to like list this out. Like we're sick of having to just like do this work all the time. Um, but like her major points were just about the fact that in, even within Derby flat track, women's flat track roller derby. So there's like a mm -hmm. national league. And it was actually a lot about a lot, um, mostly about just like the systemic racism that exists within the whole league, mm -hmm. because she wrote even like as the team from Atlanta, they have a higher representation as far as like black and minority skaters go, and that kind of you know goes aligns with like the population of that area. Mm -hmm. But she wrote that even for them, there's still times during um, matches where like they will make like an aggressive but legal move and get called for it. And then someone from another team, like a white a white player from another team, will do something that is not legal or that is all, like the same thing basically um, and will get called. So she just listed out a bunch of the stuff that's sort of happening like within um, 
within a leak, she says, they said, uh, so she, she basically kind of wrote the article as like answering a bunch of questions. And one of them was, do you truly believe that skaters are, are of color are penalized more heavily? Um, she said, definitely in the time that I've been skating, hard legal hits by people of color have been consistently penalized. Aggressive gameplay from non-people of color skaters is allowed to play out in a way that is not for people, that it is not for people of color skaters. It is associated with being competitive and energetic instead of brutal and illegal. And I think that mirrors a lot of what we see as far as like, you know, when white women want to, you know, make their hair look a certain way or whatever, but then like when it's fine, mm -hmm. but then like when black women do it as part of their history, like it's, they are penalized. They have issues in the workplace, mm -hmm. any number of things. Right. I'm thinking of like that time when Kylie Jenner just like, they're like in her family were all like, check out these boxer braids. And everyone's like, you're just wearing cornrows. And like, I can't wear that to work. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's the same sort of like that double standard. And then at the end, they said like, kind of what do you hope to accomplish? And essentially a lot of it was just like, we want, we want like equity. We want to be viewed. We want there to be like actual rules that are applied to everyone equally. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end, she just wrote, um, like she sort of wrapped it up where she said, we want a game in which we are not being asked to live the experience, investigate the events, justify why we made the choices we made in the moment and then present them to the Derbyverse in the hopes that something comes out of the emotional labor we put forth. We just want the score to be truly zero, zero at the first whistle. And so a lot of what they're looking for is not, um, you know, like minor little band-aids to say, oh, sorry, we did that. They're looking for changes in how people actually are approaching it from the start. Mm -hmm. Um, because another thing she mentioned too, is that there will be, um, like black women skaters on the rink and they'll, and the announcer will like mix them up. Oh God. Yeah. And she's like, that doesn't seem to happen with the white women. Um, or, you know, any, whatever, if there's like more than one minority or person of color there. So, um, there's sort of been like a little bit of a reckoning. And I know that the women's, um, flat track roller derby, I don't know if it's like the association, mm -hmm. but I was reading on their website, they are like very open to, um, being transparent about trying to move forward and like what can be done. And that's it, right? Make yeah. the space. <laughs> and they even say too, they're like, we understand that we do need to sort of empower the white women or the white people who are a big part of our, who are part of our board and stuff to do the work themselves too. And not just keep asking other people or people of color or black women in particular who are especially affected by it to like keep explaining stuff to them. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's been a big theme of kind of like the last year, right? right. Where it's just like, do that work. On the subject too of the film industry and casting, I was listening mm. to a great podcast. It was about representation and authenticity in roller skating in Los Angeles. And this organizer, her name is Liliana Ruiz. She created a database of black skaters because she found that they were using white roller skaters as extras in all of these movies. And she said, that's not an accurate depiction of our skate culture in Los Angeles. So she actually put together this database. Wow. That's very cool. Um, that reminds me, I saw a funny tweet. I wish I could remember exactly what it said, like about, it was a joke, it, but it was about the like diversion of like once white people sort of like caught on to roller skating and they were mm -hmm. like, so on one hand you have Xanadu and on the other hand you have Roll Bounce, which is, um, I believe it stars Bow Wow, but it's like a movie about like black roller skating culture and like a teenager who gets sort of like wrapped up in it versus mm -hmm. like, I think, I, do you know Xanadu? I do not. It's an 80s movie. Oh my God. It's an 80s movie with Olivia Newton-John from Greece. <laughs> it's like a musical. 
it's all white people. Mm-hmm. It takes place on a different planet. I believe Xanadu <laughs> is the planet. And it's like, there's like, you know, it's like a classic, like 80s, like have to win the roller skating competition or something like that. Like it's ridiculous, but it's so interesting, like how that happens, right? Yeah. Because then Xanadu became like this, like, you know, it's kind of like a cult classic. It's not considered anything <laughs> big, but it's like, you know, all this profit from that. It's just, it's, and then there was a Broadway musical based off of it. Like, <laughs> but what? you're either portraying an entirely black roller skate culture or an entirely white right. roller skate culture. Well, and one of them is real, um, right? Yes. Like, and one, one of them, of them is them totally is just imaginary. There's no people of color in that world. All right. So, moving forward, uh, first of all, I want to invite people yes. on Wednesday nights if you're looking for us, shoot us a, yes. a, a message on Instagram and Please. we'll tell you where to find us. Yeah. And all wheels are welcome. We often have extras too. Some people like will just bring a bunch of skates with them um I'm actually gonna try to I think I'm gonna try to pick up a couple pairs of kids skates Mm -hmm. because like two weeks ago there was a little girl and she was like jaw dropped like you do this every week these are your (laughs) friends and I wanted and she wanted to I could tell she like wanted to try it I was like maybe I should just grab a couple of kids skates and like keep them so in case any kids are like that and I think that like her you know whoever she was with they would have let her like if there were skates for just for a few minutes Mm -hmm. so I'm like maybe just and that's like she was clearly also just like a kid from the neighborhood yeah which is so rare in to it like on the common not rare but like downtown right now the real estate has been marketed to millennials or divorcees or (laughs) people with empty nests in these giant condos and that's not (laughs) reflective of Worcester's population it's not really a a family-friendly neighborhood at the moment yeah but hopefully with the improvements to library and things it's becoming that way yes and one of but like one of the things I was thinking of like is one of one way we can make this more inclusive is to like involve and make space for people who actually have grown up in that area or like are you know Mm -hmm. are representative of like that like that little girl was like of the kids who live in this city. Yeah. Like how do we bring, how do we take what we've made, which is really cool and make it something that's like available. Well, and that's, that's it. I don't want us to call people out. Like I was worried that maybe I was doing something wrong. No. I want to call people in. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think that that's important. I think, I think we're at a really cool spot right now. For instance, like Ellen Benson and Ellen Wash, mm-hmm. who, kind, who kind of are like sort of the, our primary organizers. Like organizers. Yeah. Like I, and that they are like, of course, they're great. They're so open everything. But I think we're at a really cool spot where like working together, we can, we're sort of at a juncture where we have the opportunity to do something really cool. Yeah. Because we do have a lot of people. We have a little, bit, a little bit of like power just by like the numbers that we have. So then we're like, okay, how can we now take this cool thing, mm-hmm. harness yeah. that energy. Right. And you don't have to make it into something super formal or whatever, but like, right. How do we, what can we do with what we have? Which yes. is really cool. Right. So, so I think the first step for us, Molly, is I would like for Poppet to make a donation to Shevu. Yes. So we'll do that. But we also want to encourage all of you to support your black owned mm-hmm. roller skating rinks. Um, and I will try to find too, like I was saying in that article, like they even had an online shop where like a black owned online shop to buy skates and equipment from. So I will mm-hmm. try and link that. That would be awesome. As well. But well, thank you. This was a good yes. combo. I yeah. We I'm got- so happy. I love roller skating. <laughs> Me too, yes. Well, I have been Sarah. I have been Molly. And this is Puppet. But, 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 but to be clear and honest, you know, skating is not necessarily about color. You know, it, you know, it's, it's, I think it's great that, you know, 
any anybody is picking up skates because that's what keeps the culture alive as far as just you know people seeing it you know people need to see people skating people need to see you know the, these viral videos of people skating but like you said it's just as important to acknowledge the communities that have been doing this you know un, you know unrecognized such as like the black community for years, you know, they, we, we just don't, we just don't get the credit. We don't get the acknowledgement for the great things that we do. And because of that, we get pushed to, to the back for these other things that seem a little bit more marketable, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm.